I think it's one of the most important aspects of parenting for them. Right? So that they might know, so they might believe. So for that reason, and I'm going to list it along with the others. I know there's a couple other, um, you know, people that I've come across and listed it as you know, one of the spiritual. And I think it's good for us to practice this, and I think it's good for us to consider this as a discipline, uh, because sometimes it's hard. And, and it's going to get easier in practice. Or some aspects of So before we get to sharing the gospel, which is you know, one of the main things I'm going to share about your faith, right? the main thing I'm just going to share about your faith, I'm going to go back before the gospel. So if you guys want to turn to Psalms, chapter 96, verse 3. And it says, Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all the peoples. Right? Part of our worship, part of our faith, is sharing what amazing things God has done. Right? Giving all glory to him. And not just generally, the things God has done, but specifically, what has he done in your life? What amazing things has God done in your life in, right, through, around you? This is in our story, right, our testimony, as you might hear it called. And I'm going to focus more on that a little bit later, but we're going to fast forward now 100 years um, to Jesus, or hundreds of years. Um, and Jesus is in the flesh. A bunch of people that nobody else wanted to get to. I mean, what is the, one of the many things that he teaches them to do? What is one of the many things that he tells them to practice? That's sharing their faith. Right? Go out and share the message of the kingdom. Right? The good news that the Messiah has come. And before he utters that phrase, like, go and make disciples at the end of Matthew, right? Chapter 28, verse um, 19. Right? Before he gives that command, he works with the disciples. Right? He sends them out two by two. He gives them practice rounds before um, before he leaves them, right? He talks with them. They come back. They debrief. They say, okay, this didn't work. This worked. And Jesus says, okay, this is what you should do. This happens, right? This one comes out with prayer and fasting. And this is what you should say when they do this. He gives them tips and, and, and wisdom and ideas and helps process what they're doing. Right? We see that Jesus makes it a practice. He makes it a discipline because he wants them to be prepared when he goes. Instructions of how to share their faith, and then he helps them how they do it. And then he releases them, right? And he says, Go and make disciples, right? Before he wants them to go out and make disciples, he gives them one key, right? One key 
device that's going to help them do that. Right? And that's our first tip in our faith, is start and pray. Start and pray or pray. Pray when you're doing it. Pray before you're doing it. Pray during it. Pray after. Right? Pray at every step, but at least start in prayer. I just want to turn to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, we're going to start with verse 2. Like this says, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, for which you have heard me speak. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, right? And that's something I was talking about earlier. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times. And days the Father has sent by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Right? And so when before he wants them to go out, he says, You guys need to start praying for the Holy Spirit to empower you. And I, and I want to encourage you guys to start in that step. Say, God, I need your help in this. God, I need you to strengthen me and to prepare me to go out and share my faith. Because when he does that, right, if you go to Acts chapter 2, right, when the Holy Spirit fell, when they began to speak in other languages, Peter stood up and preached to thousands of people, right? He shared his faith with thousands of people, and thousands of people came to know Jesus that day. And so I want to encourage you to seek that experience, that spirit, and, and, and if you're curious about what that is and, and what that means, um, come talk to me afterward, and, and, and we'll through it with you, pray through that. And and uh, but but more than that, we can't start anything, we can't do anything without God in it, right? Right, unless the Lord's in it, right? We labor in vain. Right? And so prayer is real and prayer is powerful. We can't do anything about it without the Holy Spirit. Right? Because ultimately it's God who causes things to be alive. Right? Ultimately it's God who changes things. It's God who transforms things. It's God who draws men to sin himself. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 through 9. It says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has made it, making it grow. Right? I'm going to continue on. And so, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose. They will each be rewarded according to their own labor. We are co workers of God's servants, we are God's field. 
God's building. So yeah, we are called to make disciples. Yeah, we are called to share their faith or share our faith. That's where it starts, right? Making disciples starts by sharing the good news with somebody. Right? And then we disciple them and, and show them what that means to walk out that faith. But it's God who's going to ultimately transform people. It's God who's going to draw them to himself. And we're just a part of that, right? Billy Graham once said, greater is crucial in evangelism. No matter how logical our arguments or how fervent our appeals, our words will accomplish nothing unless God's spirit prepares the way. One of the most prolific, one of the most well-known, one of the most respected and honored evangelists of our time. He's saying, you know, we can only thing that we can do, right? Right. The only thing that we can do is share and do this, but God is also the God that goes before us and causes them to do this. Like it. Answers to the test, and all you had to go in was to prepare the way. Right? God already prepared the victory, He already prepared the way. All we have to do is go into it and go in right? And so, the next thing I want to talk about, uh, and the, the thing I want you to start praying for, right? right? Pray to receive, pray that God would empower you to go, right, and to make disciples. But I also would encourage you to ask God to pray, right? To open your eyes to see all the opportunities in front of you. Right? All the opportunities to share. Pray that God would open your eyes to those opportunities. John 4.35, Jesus says, Don't you have a saying that's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Right? There are opportunities all around us, right, on this campus, in this town, in your hometowns, wherever you go, there are opportunities to share your faith. And so we need to ask God to open our eyes to see those opportunities, right? And, and, and not just when we're evangelizing or not just when we're doing two-by-twos and not just when we're doing a table, but to open our eyes to the opportunities around us, whether we're at work, at home, um, you know, whether we're playing games or whether we're, you know, wherever that might be. On a plane, on a bus, on a train, on an automobile. Whatever that might be. There are opportunities, right? The harvest is right. So pray that God would show you those opportunities. Right? When the laborers are few, pray to the Lord of the Pray that God would raise you from your laborers. Pray that God would raise up other laborers. Pray that God would raise you up to be a laborer. Go out into the harvest field, right? At Marshall University. And see the opportunities, see the lost kids 
Dad is calling home. All we have to do is show them how to get there. Right? Just tell them that he's the way for them. As we go out, as we pray for God to see opportunities, I encourage you to be flexible, to be willing to change to what God wants you to do. To show you what I mean, turn to Acts chapter 8, verse 20. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. I want to see you. I want you guys to see this. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out on his way. He met an Ethiopian, an important official in charge of all the treasury. Of the candidate, which means queen of Eve. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship him on his way home, was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah and the prophet. The spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Right, so the Lord is telling Philip to go run beside that chariot, right? Or go walk beside that chariot and stay near it, right? Keep up with it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before a shearer is silent. So he did not open his mouth in his humiliation. He was a of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else. Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the meaning of that name. And they traveled along the road, then they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What could stand in the way of my being baptized? He gave orders to stop the chariot, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared in the God told Philip to go somewhere. And on his way there, God gave him an opportunity to share the faith. Right? To share the gospel. Right? God ordained it. God prepared the way. Philip just had to be obedient to walk. To say, yeah, okay. I mean, you said to do a um, there's Azota's place, but I guess um, I'll go talk to this guy. You know, right? Philip could have been like, "Oh God, I'm going to where you're calling me to go. Why do I, you know, maybe that's not you that's leading me over to this guy." But thankfully, Philip listened to the Holy Spirit, and that guy was saved that day. Not only that, but Philip walked him all the way through baptism. He's like, "Well, we still got a little ways on our journey." The guy's like, "Hey." In the way of getting baptized, Philip's like, let's go get baptized. 
And it didn't impede his journey at all. He went on to preach the gospel in that whole area. And so, you know, I, on trips, I always try to sleep the entire way possible. Because I hate long car rides, plane rides, whatever. Uh, I think it's like a, a morning thing. I'm not really sure. Um, I'm not a big fan of that. But anyway, um, but even on plane rides or bus rides, I would try to immediately fall asleep as quickly as possible. And, and no matter what happens on that trip, I would try to sleep as quickly until I was at my Right? And, and sometimes I still do. <laughs> Especially with the rides. Um, but recently, God has helped me to open my eyes to the opportunities that surround me. Where the place, the place in front of me. Right? That, that he's been able to allow me to have conversations with people that I'm on a plane with. Or he's allowed me to have conversations with people when I'm on my way to do something. And, and so I want to encourage you guys to be flexible with opening your eyes and see, okay, yeah, I'm going to class later. Yeah, I'm going to lunch. Or yeah, I'm going on this trip, right? Um, with my favorite rocket ship. Uh, you know, I'm going somewhere. Maybe God has me appointed with somebody on my way there. So pray that God will open your eyes and pray that you can be flexible to do that. All the Lord. Right? And uh, we'll talk about this later on. Philip starts out by doing ask asking questions. Right? Again, I'll get to this later, but so often we're so quick to start talking. Maybe it's anyways, uh, when I was preparing this article, I was reading it. Uh, when I was preparing the sermon, I was reading an article about the characteristics of and it said, identify your mission field. Right? Identify your mission field. We are all sent by God. I am wholly convinced that we are all sent to go and make this happen. But who is God specifically sending you to? Galatians 2, 6 through 10 says it like this. And for those who were in high, held in high esteem, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they recognized that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the circumcised, just as Peter had been to the circumcised. For God, who was at work in Peter as an apostle to the circumcised, was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Cephas, and John, those esteemed as pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, and they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and pay to the circumcised. All they asked was that we should continue to honor the Lord, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. Right? Paul was sent to the Gentiles, right? Paul was sent to the Greeks, right? There's people all, right? Paul, if, if you look at his journey, he even made it all the way, um, some maps that I've seen, he even made it all the way to Spain, right? So Paul, he, he was sent to the people that weren't Jews, right? He was sent to the Gentiles, right? The Greeks, the Romans. Right? The, you know, the um, Philippians, the Galatians, the Colossians, right? All those those uh, epistles or all those books in your New Testament, 
Right? A lot of those are names of people that Paul went to and he preached to and he shared the gospel with. Right? And Peter was called to those in Jerusalem, right? He was called to the Jewish church. He was called to reach his brothers and sisters who, who were lost. So, has God placed you in a position to reach those around you? Who has God sent you to reach? Right? Right? He sent Paul to the Gentiles and Peter to the Jews. Who has he sent you to? Right? Is he placing a particular group on campus to share your faith? Is it a campus organization, right? Is it a major? Is it um, a fraternity, right? Is it a club? Is it a sports team? Right? Maybe it's a class that you're in. There are students, there are faculty, there's people all over the city. From all over the world, we at, we at Marshall and we at Huntington, people are coming all from all over the world. Right? Steve Borgman talked about that last week. People are coming all over the world to study here, to work here. We have the opportunity to They might life to the full and have a relationship with God forever. The strange sons and daughters waiting to hear the life saving message of Jesus. Let's share that with Uh, and that's my next point, is that, you know, we can prepare all we want, but eventually we have to share, right? And so after we prepare to share, we need to actually share, right? We need to share our faith with people, and, and, and we need to practice sharing. And so before I get into sharing our faith, I want Ethan to show a video. Plug that in and show that video. So this is... Sometimes it might be awkward, right? And uh, it just keeps it on and off, 
for it to be one to say something, you know, or whether it be the situation we're in, where we're at, and people are I encourage you, push past that off, right? Um, and, and it's not something that's easy, it's not something that you can get right away, but I encourage you to push past it, push past the articles. Because in, in our culture, I know it, that it's awkward sometimes to share our faith, right? Nobody wants to talk about religion or politics, right? I hear people say that all the time. Yeah, I never talk about religion or politics. Like, we can talk about it, you know? We, we can talk about it, and it's good for us to talk about it, right? We live in a sensitive culture in America where, you know, half the people don't want to talk about religion or politics because they don't want to offend anybody, and then the other half of people just want to fight about religion or politics. And, and, and neither of those things accomplishes anything. What we need to do is like Colossians 4 6 says, it says, let your conversation be always full of grace. Season with salt so you may know how to answer everyone. Right? We don't have to force stuff down people's throat. We don't have to fight about religion. We don't have to fight uh, you know, about our faith. But we can come with, with an attitude of grace, right? Of, of meeting the person where they're at and saying, you know what? Where are you? You know, ask questions. You know, what do you think? What do you believe? Maybe we can have open up some dialogues and then we can share what we believe. Right? And then what we share is full of labor. It's not just some land first thing, but it comes from the heart. So I encourage you, right? Pass that awkward. And so when we do push past that and we do start those conversations, what do we share? What do we share? Right? First thing, start asking questions, right? How was we saw Peter, right? What I just talked about. Start opening the dialogue. Get to know where they're at, who they are, right? They're not just a project, they're a person. Who's desperately in need of a relationship with Jesus? Right? They're not just a tick on your evangelism belt, right? Oh yeah, you know I got a, another notch on my belt today, or uh, right? How the clones and Star Wars show I watched put them on their helmets. Um, there are people, right? And they need to know God just like you are. So see where they're at. Meet where they're at. God met you where you were at. Let's try to meet them where they're at. You know, God's working in people's lives even before they And So let's see what God's doing in their life. Try to help them process and have to walk on the way. Let's see the way that God is preparing us walk. Right? Share the gospel. Real simply and with scripture, right? It doesn't have to be a complex um, 30 to 60 minute sermon. You can share the gospel in five minutes. You can share the gospel if you're really cut on time in like 30 seconds, right? John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life, right? I still got like 20 seconds to spare. Right? Memorize some scripture and have a verse one deck that you can share with people. Right? I encourage you to start with that one. Right? Because it has a, a good message of the gospel. Right? First John 5 11, right? Jesus is the key to eternal life. 
just paraphrasing. <laughs> and, but then the other thing is that I think sometimes we miss out on sometimes that even myself, I, I neglect to do it um, because it's hard and, and, and it puts you in a vulnerable position and it, and it opens you up. Right, is sharing your pain. Right, what has God done in your life? What has God done to save you? How did you What did you pay your wrong? What is it that you did? Right, where were you? Where you're at? Where are you going? And so, uh, I'm going to encourage you to, to think about what did, right, how did I come to faith? How did God save you? We share that with them. Again, we don't have to tell people, you know, our life story from, you know, on December 13, 1993, it was a cold and rainy night. Jerry Murray was screaming and then outside came, right? You don't have to start there and finish it. Like, and then um, after I packed up the equipment for Chi Alpha tonight, I came, brought it to the campus. And now I'm talking to you, right? We have to go from. Right? Definitely don't go from conception, conception, um, but <laughs> I'm encouraging you to share how you Open up. Because when we share our story, it, it makes what we believe real. It's not just something we talk about, it's not just something we do, but it's, it's something that who we are. Right? Luke 8.39 says, uh, return home and tell how much God has done for you. Right? That's Jesus talking. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. And we see this often in scripture, that Jesus does something miraculous, and then he either tells them to go tell about it, or don't tell about it, and they end up telling about it anyways. So, you know, tons of people, right, start following after him. So it's an effective way to evangelize. It's an effective way to share your faith. It's an effective way to bring in that new community where you were standing. Right? Every story means something. Every story is powerful. Right? Sometimes we get discouraged and we're like, oh, I wasn't, you know, strung out on drugs, living on the streets, and blah, 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 and God miraculously, um, you know, turned our life around. I'm, you know, cut cold turkey on drugs, and now I have this, like, mansion. That's what God did in my life. You can do that in your life. Right? We don't all have that story. But every one of your stories is powerful. Every one of your stories can connect with people in a way that God wants it to, and that God has ordained it to. And so it is powerful to share it. Jesus comes to those who bring other people's stories of salvation. That in scripture. I've seen that in my life. I've seen that in, in the church. Right? I'm sure you guys can remember a time when somebody shared their story. And you're like, what the heck? How are you a Christian and, and God works out mightily in you? You know? Right? And so the more we share our story, the more that we study scripture, we pursue God, the more scriptures we learn, the more stories.
stories we could tell, and the more we're prepared to continue to share. And so I encourage you, don't wait until you memorize the entire Bible. Start sharing today. At least share your story. If you don't have any scripture memorized, write some down. You know, then you're like, how oh, hear this five minute talk to someone my faith. So you don't have to, you know, spend like ten minutes Googling. How do I do that? You know, oh, that scripture really applies to this situation. Man, who is it? Write it down, write down a few scriptures that mean a lot to you that you care of someone you love. Sometimes the most effective thing you can do is make sure someone knows you and you care about them. And really believe that God can do it and you can. Because he will. And he can. Revelation, I encourage you to go read the scripture, Revelation 12 11. It talks about how powerful the testimony is. Matthew 5, 16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And so let us not just share words with people. Let us not just regurgitate um, you know, some script. But let us be an example. Let us live out what it means to be a Christian. right? Doing good things and loving those around us. Because I believe that will give credibility to what we're doing, and the Bible shows that as well. Right? It, it talks about that as well. Part of sharing is being open and willing. Let people see who you are. See what God has done in your life. I know this isn't something that comes from you, but I understand that. It's a spiritual gift. Right? Evangelism is, is, is a spiritual gift. And some of us are more gifted than others. Um, evangelism isn't one of my strong spiritual gifts. Right? It's not something that I'm naturally like inclined to do or I'm naturally good at. Right? If you want to see somebody who's gifted in evangelism, um, talk to Anthony Saladino. That, that man's an evangelist. Right? He's a very gifted evangelist. Jeremy Dalton, the old Kayapa um, pastor that was here before me, gifted evangelist. <laughs> Billy Graham, gifted evangelist. Right? There are people that are gifted evangelists, and you might know them, but they just kind of share their faith at all times with all people, and it just comes so naturally. You're like, how do you do that? And people come to put their faith in, in Christ. And, you know, Matthew Gaston, we're going to have him come talk next Monday at 9 a.m. if you want to join us in the student center. Gifted evangelist. Okay. Yes, some of us are spiritually gifted, but God calls us all to be okay. God calls us all to be okay. God tells us all to go and make disciples. And so we need to practice it, right? Because it doesn't come natural to a lot. So let's practice it. Right? Some of the ways you guys can help start practicing this, right? Be the mission week next week. Come out and help a day. Sign up to help on one of those days, or two days, or three days, or four days. 
come to Hope Event, you know, even if it's for only like an hour or so, and go out with somebody, whether it be from our team or their team, and go start sharing your faith with randos, right? You can start by sharing your faith with your friend, your, your roommate, your family. Those closest to you, very close to you. I know sometimes that's even harder to share depending on where they're at. I encourage you, start somewhere. Start sharing your faith. And let the Lord teach you and do community with somebody. You know, you know, go out with somebody, go by two by two. Right? Me and Adam on Wednesdays, we try to go out two by two for me. Come out with us. Go out and we'll pray for people. We'll Ask questions about Christianity and Jesus. We'll talk to people about what they believe in, and we'll share the gospel. You know, if you want to do that with me, cool. If you want to do it with life leader, cool. If you want to do it with just somebody else in the app, just start crying. I want to encourage you tonight, you know, whether it be tonight or whether it be tomorrow, or whether it be right now, pray for that new opportunity to start practicing and start sharing your faith. You know, God, who can I share my faith with? Who around me doesn't know me and who around me needs you? Because there's people around all of us. Say yes, Jesus. Yes, I receive that eternal life. Lord, you would be the Lord of my life. If you haven't done that, I encourage you to do that tonight. And to find somebody to tell them about so we can celebrate. Right, that we can help you continue that walk. Another song. And uh, I want to encourage you guys to call on God tonight to put your faith in Him. If you do, ask for some opportunities. Being started now on the screen, opportunities to put your faith in Start If you guys need access to kneel or to go walk around or, or to go find something to pray to get in there, just find the back. If you guys need that information right at your seat, um, feel free to, you know, this is a free time. Um, yeah, I asked you guys to stay with me. Um, you know, I'm not going to, like, you know, use it. Uh, so, 
play Fox 3. I encourage you guys.